the show. Welcome to the show. Hello, fanatics. I'm Dylan Phillips, and this is The Fan Attic, the podcast where we talk news and our views on movies, TV, video games, and anything else that comes to mind while we drink copious amounts of alcohol for your enjoyment. To my right, it's the co-host of the show, and she's the Sam to my Frodo, it's Alex Hicks. Hey, hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm are great, you... ready to get going. Yeah, excited? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Super excited. So, um, then let's get right into our news. The first topic of today is uh, Pandora. Disney's Animal Kingdom is adding something new to their repertoire. They are adding the world of Avatar. So that means that they're adding like all the shops and mm-hmm. the restaurants and the ride, which you're going to ride like a banshee thing, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's going to be like soaring at Epcot. But I think that, uh, I think it's a little out of place for Animal Kingdom, but you know what? Screw it. Looks. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of the pictures, the overhead of them actually building it. It looks a little tacky. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it should be cool. I like the the idea of the river. So there's one ride where you basically float down a river, and these there's all those these like bioluminescent plants. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sounds pretty cool. I think that one's indoors because I don't know how they would do that out in the open because it all has to be dark. Easily, they have to inject the plants. <clears throat> no, it has and to just be dark. Constantly have though. nighttime. They're gonna have a dome around Animal Kingdom now. But then it's inside, change... so it has to be inside. Right? Not necessarily. They're manipulating the weather inside the dome. But the dome is So it's is still not, inside a the dome. the dome is not completely enclosed. Uh, okay, so it has to be inside. <laughs> the dome is no, not an enclosed but I'm dome. I'm fascinated by how they are doing these floating rocks. Because you can see them, actually, in some of the, the, um, the pictures of the build. And they're... Like, up on to those giant vines from the movies. You know what I really like to do is to be able to, like, be hooked onto a cable and you get to, like, climb along the vines. You really like just want people to die at Disney World. <laughs> no, I don't. I want people to climb along the rocks. And I, want I think it'd be to... really cool because you know how in the movies they're, like, climbing up all this stuff to get to the top so they can actually fly the banshees? But you put them on a harness so if they fall, it's just, like, bungee jumping. You kind of just float. Or rock climbing. Next you you're going like to say, and down. they should sell the bioluminescent plants as food. No, you're you're strapped in. You've got like you're all strapped in, but you can like run along the vines. It's like a giant climb where you climb up the vines onto the floating rock. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. Anyways, it's it's gonna be a safety hazard, and they definitely wouldn't do that. (laughs) Too much red tape. Call me. Okay, so the next piece of news is an article that I picked up, Mm -hmm. and so that article is. The four things about space travel you're picturing totally wrong. I think I already picture everything about space travel totally wrong. Like, I'm just picturing myself in a little rocket, like, pew, like, you know, in the Are you the blasting to the sky? Pew, yeah. <laughs> and you got, like, the little round window, and I'm just peering out and watching things go by, and it looks like a green screen. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so the first thing on this list is that steering in space is crazy difficult. You know what? I We already knew this. Uh, yeah. You, I mean... <laughs> If you watch a movie and they're effortlessly flying, you know that it's going to be not so realistic. Like, if you're... <laughs> I can, like, just picture me with, you know, one of those, like, old-school joysticks? Yeah. And you're, like, floating your rocket with, like, one of those old-school <laughs> joysticks through uh, through space. It's my yeah. image of what space travel is like. But no, no it's, it's the definitely. whole thing about, like, the gravitational pull and the kinetic energy involved and just, like, the having to change your course and the acceleration and deacceleration as you're going and yeah. maneuvering through 
various gravitational fields. I think once you're away from all the planets, it's a different story. But once you're close to the gravitational pull of a planet or a moon, yeah. um, basically what it's saying is it, specifically in Earth's orbit, if you increase your speed while circling Earth, you also increase the height of your orbit, which will increase the overall distance that you're traveling. So when you think about George Clooney and uh, gravity, if he increased his speed when he was trying to get to the International Space Station, he would either be rocketing out into the abyss of space or, like, about to crash back into Earth. Um, and also using a lot more gas to get there because he would, instead of going in the pro- like the trajectory he was planning, he would be, like, shooting off in the mm. other direction if he speeded up. Sped up. Speed it up? Nope. Sped up. It's sped up. <laughs> it is sped up. Alex Blunder, number one. <laughs> Are we counting these like a little ping? We always do that. Um, the second one is that staying in space is harder than you think. So I think that at this point we mean staying in space in the same yep. place. I think we mistitled this, yeah. writers of the article. Yeah, <laughs> We're just talking about Staying when in space in... is not hard because if you if you are in like a spaceship... Like in Star Wars, which isn't that realistic, but if you're in like a spaceship and you're traveling somewhere, and you're it floating is in the fine space. to li- live in space. But mm-hmm. staying in one specific place and having your like engines off and just sitting there, you cannot float there. And Especially that's what they if you're in like. the in um, specifically again, they're talking about Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. So if you're in in the gravitational pull of the Earth, you have to be constantly pushed back out. Otherwise, you'll be because Earth is basically pu- constantly pulling you back into its gravitational pull, so pulling you back towards its center. So if you're just floating around, and they say that apparently with um, satellites, they have to be constantly pushing them back mm-hmm. out, and with the International Space Station, you have to be constantly pushing it back out. Otherwise, it's gonna come plummeting back down into Earth. And we don't want that. No. Uh, so the second, well, I guess the third, third one, uh, second last one, because they're they're numbered weird. Uh, is space jetpacks aren't actually a thing. Now, this actually bums me out because you see so many movies where they do that and it seems pretty cool, yeah. but... Uh, I want to go jetpacking around in space. Yeah, but I mean, they do in movies that are more realistic, like The Martian, they don't use uh, a backpack because they know... Well, jetpack mm-hmm. because they know that it isn't I still realistic. think that's not realistic, though, like when he cuts his... Yeah, but I think it was a way to keep it like, more grounded <laughs> in an attempt at realism rather yeah. than adding an extra piece but that... But basically what they're saying here is that they actually created something like this. MMU. It stands for... MMU stands for Manned Maneuvering Unit, and that was actually a real thing that was created. And its tiny compressed nitrogen thrusters weren't capable of moving it at anything beyond a space crawl. So what is the oxygen being expelled from your suit going to do? It's not going to push you very far (laughs) if if nitrogen thrusters aren't pushing you anywhere. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that jetpacks aren't a thing yet in space but they're not even a thing for us on earth yet so maybe and they're not even considering making it because apparently they're just completely useless and you can just pull what are they saying um you can just park a space shuttle directly beside whatever you need to work on in space so you don't need to use them for anything it's kind of like in the real world what are you going to use a jetpack for right Uh, now tons of things what if you're like your roof what if you're a short person and you need to get something on the top could you imagine my mom with a freaking (laughs) jetpack like i need the salt (laughs) oh god i'd come home and she'd just be like passed out because she'd like jetpack it into the ceiling or something (laughs) oh god 
No jetpacks. Just got really grim right there. <laughs> no, she'd be fine. She'd just, yeah. just have to pick her back well, up and give her a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, after that, she needed a helmet. So the last one is that real spacecrafts are apparently astoundingly primitive. And apparently the technology in your iPhone is more advanced than the technology on satellites See, and things. I can in understand space that today. Because you look at it and it's like, okay, if we sent up things to the space station or satellites up into orbit that were the same as what we have now compared to decades ago, it would break so fast because every <laughs> Because Apple would be like, hmm, if I make the battery die, I'll just get paid to make another yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, if I come up with a new model next year then I can just keep getting paid every year. So that's what they do. And so I think that it's good that they're sticking with the stuff that's durable. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of things up there have the logo Nokia on it. (laughs) Nokia. Because the International Space Station is a Nokia Yeah, just the whole thing. (laughs) No, but apparently apparently it's just because they don't need anything else. Um, So the, um, the shuttle that gets um, astronauts back and forth between Earth and the International Space Station was originally created in 1962 and wasn't updated until 2010, almost 50 years later. So (laughs) clearly they don't need uh, much new uh, technology. And this is the funniest part. Apparently it features a cramped control panel on which an operator is forced to push buttons with a stick. Actually, this is a goddamn stick. <laughs> but is it a pointed stick? I don't know. No? I'm picturing a real stick. Like, deep. Whoever got that got that reference, I applaud you. Mm. Okay. Pointed Moving. stick. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, so the next topic is that J.J. Abrams has come out and expressed of the his... closet. No. No. Uh, he has expressed that he believes that Mark Hamill will not only be nominated for an Oscar, I assume mm-hmm. supporting Oscar for The Last Jedi, but win it as mm-hmm. well. So that's some big news. And it's not even just him that's come out and said it, but also the director, Ryan Johnson, and a ton of other actors and crew members have come out and praised his performance in this movie. So that's a lot of information to take in. It is. Because it, it gives you a little bit of insight into what that movie might be about. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool because it points to... Um, him having a much bigger role in mm-hmm. the film so they're not just gonna kill him off after training daisy no, ridley for like two days gonna... like yoda they're not gonna just just get struck down no yeah. <laughs> so he must have a much bigger role than um yeah i just really hope that they don't do a thing like the end of return of the jedi where they have all of the original characters die and then they're all ghosts <laughs> at the end no if they did that again no because they can't get away with that now yeah they cannot get away with that now. But uh, it would just be I, way too tacky. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm curious to see if there's going to be a reunion scene between the twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be interesting, yeah. and how like how that would play out yeah. because they're going to have to kill her off. So would it yeah. be like um, Leia and um, Han's reunion in the in Episode Seven, where she sees him for a few minutes and then he goes and never comes back again? They'll ha- they're probably gonna have to do something like that. Yeah. Maybe they'll reenact the scene on the bridge where he he like kisses her on the cheek and then, but not this time. She never comes back. Dark. The feels. The feels. The feels. Anyways, 
Um, so our next topic, <laughs> we're going to give something a try. We're going to, before many of the movies come out, try and predict the 2018 Academy Awards. And this is probably going to go so badly, but you won't be able to tell for a year. So we won't be able yeah. to feel bad. And for, hopefully like, you've year. watched this so far in advance that this will just become obsolete. And, and you'll you, never remember yeah, how never badly remember. we guessed. <laughs> so we're only going to do three. We're going to do Best Picture. We're going to do Best Actor. And we're going to mm-hmm. do Best Actress. So the first one is Best Picture. Um, I'll go first since okay. I'm already speaking. Uh, so I read, since I'm already speaking. Yeah, <laughs> I have the floor. So uh, I read a bunch of articles about what movies were getting buzz at various film festivals mm-hmm. and getting praise. And I can't really say much about those movies because they're not coming out till like, October. So I don't want to be like, oh, I think this movie's going to make the list. So these are the ones that I think, based on what I've seen so far this year or what's been praised that's already been released. And then a couple of movies that I think personally will probably get nominated just because I think they're going to be freaking awesome. So the two so far this year, I think, are Get Out and Logan. I think Logan uh, definitely did something that I didn't expect. And it w- is a raw emotional story which definitely will get some buzz here and there uh get out has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes it takes socially relevant themes especially for right now and puts them into a story but doesn't make it uh entirely about that because it's a it's a horror and so that's why it might not get as many accolades as it deserves because it's uh like firstly a horror but i think because of its themes it might get a little bit more recognition uh the other three movies that i think might make the bill are beauty and the beast because the original animated one didn't win best picture and so i think that it might uh if it's as good as its predecessor actually do something and get some awards uh i think christopher nolan's dunkirk which wasn't on a lot of lists surprisingly i think that one will be up for best picture and probably best director just because I mean, you take one of the best directors of the last 15 years and you put him with a World War II epic. That's like Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg with Saving Private Ryan. And then he did Band of Brothers. And those are two of the best World War II uh, series and movie that I've ever seen. And so uh, Dunkirk, I think, is going to do that. And then the last one is The Darkest Hour, which is the story of Winston Churchill. And Gary Oldman plays him. And I've heard a lot of great things about that one. So mm-hmm. I think that these two World War... Uh, films are going to show that there's a comeback for that period and mm-hmm. both of them I think are going to be in the c- contention for best picture. Hmm. Okay. I didn't get so far. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of went a little way and then I then I stopped. So my I I think I'm along the same lines as you. Uh Logan is definitely in the running for me. Although um you know, superhero films don't really usually win Academy Awards. Um, I think it went beyond just being a superhero film. I think it was dark and it was gritty and it was a lot more about the characters rather than fighting supervillains. So Mm -hmm. um, I I think that's definitely in the running. Whether it will win or not, can't really say. But And then the other one would be Get Out. Um, I think it did something that people didn't expect from a horror film where it really got into some of the issues that we're dealing with today in society. Um, and I think that made it really interesting and it could be one of the best horror films ever of all time, possibly. Oh, yeah? Because, I mean, think about how cliche the horror genre yeah. has gotten and how we're just getting the same, pardon my French, crap over and over again. So now there's something really, really different and I think that deserves... Um, best picture 
So mm. we'll see. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the next category would be best actor. Um, so I have a couple of picks. Of, and again, <laughs> it's the same movies again, really. It's, it's <laughs> Hugh Jackman because I think he did a phenomenal job as Logan. Um, I think we saw a lot of character development in the Wolverine character that didn't I mean I mean he's always been one of the the deeper darker characters but I think there was a lot to this movie a lot of dimension especially with the character development so um I I think he's definitely at least in the running Mm -hmm. and then uh Daniel Kaluuya sorry if I just butchered the name from Get Out um just from I know whenever I watch a trailer and the just the straight acting gets me or just just one scene where you're just zooming on his face and it's the scene where he's sitting in the chair and there's a guy in a lab coat and he's just a single tear rolling down his cheek and I'm like oh the feels <laughs> so and, and for just that to get me I think he's mm-hmm. I haven't seen the film yet but I definitely think he'd be at least in the running for that yeah uh I'm going to agree with you with Hugh Jackman. I think out of all the movies that I've seen up until this point that uh, would be uh, able to be nominated for the 2018 Oscars, Hugh Jackman and Logan probably is the front runner right now just mm-hmm. because of the raw um We say in literally that. March. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one is James McAvoy in Split. Yeah. I really liked that performance. He played so many characters and the dynamic of being able to take all those characters and put them in one body was just mm-hmm. insane. He was able to, like, it wasn't even that between different scenes he changed characters. It was within the same scene, mm-hmm. within the same sentence, he would change characters. And that shows how great an actor he is. Yeah, absolutely. And he's very undervalued. And so I think that for that, he at least should get some accolades mm-hmm. somewhere. Hopefully, s- some uh, award show gives him something. Yeah, but no, that I was think... an incredible feat to just take. Yeah. How many different characters did he play? Like I think at least three. Well, I don't think we saw all of no, them, but he we was saw supposed a good. We like at least ten. Yeah, that was he just showed incredible skill. But um, um, in aside from those two, I would say that uh, the two World War Two films that are coming out, the leads, I don't uh, might be nominated. I don't know how much of a role Tom Hardy has in Dunkirk, so I don't know if he's prominent enough to be considered that, or if it might be just an ensemble cast. I think that Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour will probably get nominated just because he doesn't even look like himself in that movie, and he is a chameleon of an actor. Like, Mm -hmm. the movies that I've seen him in, from playing Sirius Black to playing uh, the bad guy in Air Force One to going to Leon the Professional, like, the types of characters that he goes between, they're just insane. And But the big one that I heard is another Hugh Jackman one that's coming out later in the year, and it's called The Greatest Showman, and it's about the Ringling Brothers. They're a traveling circus, and so he's mm-hmm. um, playing the lead in that movie. So I guess he's playing one of the brothers or the person who helps the brothers get their uh, show on the road. <laughs> so he's got lots of chances to, yeah. <laughs> to win Best Actor. So and best I picture. think that uh, if Hugh Jackman and Logan showed us just how good of an actor he is this mm-hmm. year, and people are saying The Greatest Showman is his better performance of the two, I think he's going to win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he's... Oh, wow. Yeah. It would be good to see. And uh, for lead actress, to be quite honest, every single movie that I've seen this year so far hasn't had a great female lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe supporting That's actresses typical. there. But, yeah, it is typical, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but also, a lot of those movies are going to end up being towards the end of the year, uh, the Oscar-baity ones, because they always t- tend to come out 
to give yourself Oscar buzz getting towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, any ones that we will have seen now will probably be action movies that might have female leads, but definitely not any that are going to be award-worthy. Uh, so the first one that might come up is Emma Watson in Beauty and the Beast, just because she is the prominent character in that movie, so she mm-hmm. might get some accolades for that or recognition. Uh, aside from that, the ones on lists that I had seen are Jennifer Lawrence, she always gets nominated, uh, Viola Davis, Brie Larson, like anyone who's been up for an award or has won an award in the last couple of years, if they have a movie coming out that's any ounce of drama, they're going to most likely be nominated. It's like Meryl Streep. So yeah. th- that's that's what I think on that so far. But maybe in a couple months that'll change. From what I'm seeing so far, I think it's going to be Jennifer Lawrence. Because yeah. I think that she's kind of favored. And if she's up for it, if she's nominated, I think she'll win. Yeah. So. so Even just to see her trip up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are our predictions for the 2018 Oscar nominations so far. That might mm-hmm. change in a couple of months. And if you have any that you'd like to share with us, let us know. And now we're going to go to the final piece of news, which mm-hmm. is that James Mangold, the director of Logan, has debated whether or not he wants to re-release it in black and white. Yeah. What do you think about this? My thoughts are, if this was something you were going to do, I think it was an all or nothing thing and you release it mm. right away in black and white. And I think that would have been... I liked the movie as is, but I think if, they, if you're going to go for something this bold, and I know Mad Max did it afterwards, but... Um, I think you should have gone full speed ahead and just gone and released the film in black and white. It just seems like a bit of a cash grab doing it in black and white afterwards because yeah. I know they released a lot of the um, the photos originally in black and white and I think it gives a really cool old school comic book feel, um, like a gritty black and white comic, but at the same time, it just doing it after the fact, it just seems like an afterthought. I think if they want to do black and white, what they should do is release the, keep the movie the way it is right now. In four months, when it's up for being released on DVD, you release a Blu-ray that potentially has a director's cut, so maybe you do have some extra scenes that you want to throw in there, but you also put on there the black and white version. So you have a black and white and a normal one, and then at that point, if people are interested in the black and white... And then you pay $35 more for it. (laughs) Not 35 but yeah, you still pay more for it, but it's not as much as having to pay for a movie ticket. Mm -hmm. And then if if there's huge buzz around it and people go, oh my God, we wish we got this, then at that point, I say you release it in a couple theaters or because it's the summer, some drive-ins because I think it would look oh, good. That, in, in the drive-ins, maybe, but I don't think they go and release it again because no, it's I so think expensive. You to... can't release it in drive-ins right now, at least across the country. So you can do yeah, it Yeah, but in maybe the in the summer, yeah. oh, maybe you don't even put it out on DVD. You don't, you only do it as an exclusive for a couple of like drive-in theaters. I think that's kind of like a very... And then you do it on DVD. <laughs> That's kind of, you know... Expensive? Yeah. <laughs> it would be a really cool concept, though, is you only do it for drive-ins. So it'd be yeah, like an old I think school. It, I think it would look better in a drive-in than at a movie, like a movie theater. But again, I still feel like it was just a bit of an afterthought. Like, either you do it and you do it all the way, or you don't do it, sort of thing. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So next up is Take It or Leave It, a rapid fire segment of our thoughts on this week's announcements and upcoming releases. So the first one is a video game trailer dropped, and that is for the sequel of Shadow of Mordor. It is Middle Earth Shadow of War. Yes, it is. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And then I'm going to take it again, and then I'm going to put it back and take it again. Yeah, this, I loved Shadow of uh, Mordor. I 
I've always like loved the Lord of the Rings video games, no matter what type it was, whether it be uh, Conquest, which was like Battlefront, or you got Battle for Middle Earth, which was like Age of Empires. They were always so much fun to me. But the thing that always eluded the Lord of the Rings world was um, RPGs and story-based games. And you had one in War of the North, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. And then you got Shadow of Mordor. And holy shit, that game blew me away. And it won a ton yeah. of awards. And now all of a like sudden, 50, got this one coming out. 50 industry awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won a lot of awards. And the Nemesis system is like the best thing to ever happen. I thought that was really, really cool. And I got mad at it at first. <laughs> I was so mad because you can't button mash your way through this yep. game. You cannot, Shadow of Mordor, you cannot button mash your way through. You ha- It's all, you're, you're going to have to learn how to really play the game. But the storyline was really cool. The characters were really cool. I like that they brought Gollum into it, even though, you know, this is this is years and years and years after, you know, Lord of the Rings ended. Um, no, I thought it was a really, really cool storyline. Um unfortunately i didn't get to play the game because my poor ps4 got i got um robbed i got stole i got what well, sorry wow um my house got broken into and they stole my playstation they literally only stole my playstation 4 and my playstation 3 and then nothing else yeah. that was all that was taken it's like <laughs> god god hates me but um so i never got to finish the game but it was so much fun to play and i'm i would literally just buy another playstation 4 just to play this game when yeah. it comes out <laughs> i i'm super pumped for it i'm really excited taking it again yeah. Yeah, taking it. So the other, the next two are movie trailers. Well, one's a Taylor uh, trailer, one's a teaser. A Taylor. So, yeah, Taylor. It's a Taylor. Uh, yeah, it's not a Swift though. Uh, oh. So the first one is Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, the trailer, the second one dropped. So we saw the Super Bowl one. It was pretty exciting. So got us a little bit pumped for it. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and now the second trailer has dropped, and I'm gonna leave it. I'm also going to leave it. Yeah. I was really disappointed. Um, I think the first trailer, uh, it was a really interesting concept. I thought, you know, oh, they're redeeming the Pirates of the Caribbean. This is going to be really good. Javier Bardem, like, uh, no children for old men. No, no country. No country for old men. That was a different no movie. Children. Well, no children. Well, that's ch- really creepy. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of that, like, post-apocalyptic one where no people can have children. What's that movie? I can't remember what it's called. But no no country for old men esque Javier Bardem bad guy character and he looks really angry and he's going after and, and you don't know why he's going after Jack Sparrow. You have no idea what the heck Jack Sparrow's done to piss this guy off, but he's really pissed this guy off. And then all of a sudden they release this trailer and they tell you exactly what Jack Sparrow has done to piss this guy off and why this guy is chasing him. And all of a sudden he's not scary anymore. And he's almost like kind of, and he's and there's a scene where he's on the boat with Barbosa, and he's basically saying, "Oh, go get Jack Sparrow for me." But he doesn't even see like Barbosa doesn't look scared. He's not shaking yeah. in his boots. He's kind of like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll go I, do that for I you." I found that it was really stupid because you want a really menacing villain, and like yeah. they, I feel like ever since the first Pirates, they haven't been able to portray that as well as they did with Barbosa. Yeah. And uh, to be quite honest, I'm not a fan of how they've like made his character progress throughout the movies i liked him in the they second kinda one they kind of made him like, a bit dorky yeah the fourth one was really bad and it, and it feels like what they did was if they were to take uh 
footage of Barbosa in the fourth movie and put that in the trailer for the yeah. first movie, that would have been the same thing that they that did they've for just Salazar. Done with Javier Bard- yeah. Javier, Bard- Javier Bardem. <laughs> Salazar and Javier just mm-hmm. put it together. But um, They give away way too much in the trailer. Yeah, I think that they, they want to give him backstory, but you shouldn't be putting that backstory in the trailer. Yeah, that was something that you really should have saved for the actual I think film. Stu- that was a really juicy negative information. Yeah. Like That's something that I would have loved to be like... Oh, that's why in the yeah. middle of the theater. I think the other thing that that plays off of is the fact that trailers are so over hyped and mm-hmm. overplayed uh, because they now they have teasers for trailers. Yeah. And I think that what you need to do is like even some teasers are like two and a half minutes. That's what a trailer used to be. So you're giving away too much. I think you just I cut out the trailer what... thing and just do straight teasers. Yeah, but I liked what they did with Logan. Logan I liked because they didn't give away too much. And when you went to see the movie, you came out of it and you're like, thank you for not showing me that in the trailer. I didn't want to see that in the trailer. And I'm so glad they didn't ruin that you for me. You just saw enough. Yeah, you just saw enough. The trailers give away nothing. Well, they give away a little bit, but definitely not enough to ruin the movie. Whereas the Pirates of the Caribbean trailer, I feel like I feel like I, that gave away and like the Beauty 70%. and the Beast, where they showed the Beast yeah. when they shouldn't have. Like they're giving away too much in trailers these days. It's like you don't even need to go to see the movie because you've just seen it in the trailer. It's like a summary of the movie. The trailer and the description that you see online should give you maybe twenty to twenty-five percent of what the movie. Even good. less, I'd say. I no, like, I think if, they should show no, like a little snippets a little of the song and some like little flashes of things well, but you fair, don't know what's know. going on especially if you know the story like yeah. beauty and the beast you know the story don't give it away yeah. people already know the story yeah. don't uh yeah. so the next one is a teaser which we didn't even mm-hmm. know we were gonna get and now we can talk about it because it was released online uh Woo! today but we saw it in theaters at the beginning of Logan, it was a pre-credit scene for Logan, and that was the Deadpool 2 teaser. And it kicked butt. I, oh, my God. <laughs> I saw it happen. It it appeared on screen. I'm like, no I was like, what is he doing? Way. He's here. What is he doing? What is going on? I'm <laughs> like, right, right, oh, my God. Is he in Logan? Is he in Logan? I oh thought my the God. movie, actually, I thought the movie had started. I thought that yeah, was the too. beginning of the movie. Because I was, I, I don't know. I was in my own head, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool that they don't start movies anymore, like, with a credit scene. I was thinking of, like, Sleepless in Seattle, where you just, like, it's zooming in on the yeah earth and not the earth but like new york and wherever and and you're getting all the names coming up i'm like it's cool that they don't do it anymore because they're just kind of throwing into the movie i'm like wait this isn't you chapman but i i'm really excited for deadpool too i love the first one uh ryan reynolds plays deadpool perfectly Mm -hmm. i'm super excited for this movie i'm gonna take it I'm going to take it, too. I'm really excited. And I just love... I love that he was taking jabs at Superman, too. Like, yeah. they play the Superman theme, and he's, like, getting dressed in the phone booth, and and then this guy, like, literally dies because he's taking so long. Well, I like all the subtle details so they had. Like, they even had, like, in the background, while well, he's getting ready in the photo booth... I mean, in the uh, phone booth behind him on the marquee, it says, now playing Logan. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that. But the other part I loved is I'm like, I'm always nervous about movies, especially superhero movies, like this new thing where they're going, oh, we're R-rated. And I'm like, oh, they're just going to say the F word, every other word, and that's all they're going to do. But I love that his butt cheeks are just like smushed <laughs> up against the yeah. phone bin. Just like, oh, that is like Ryan Reynolds is a beautiful man, but I didn't mean to see his butt cheeks smushed <laughs> up against the friggin' wall of the I think a lot of people there. will disagree with you there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Although they are his he scarred Deadpool. He does have a nice Deadpool. butt, but yeah, but they're the scarred Deadpool ones. Ooh. Yeah. But uh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So the next uh, 
announcement is that there was a trailer dropped for the new season of Archer. Archer! Yeah, and <laughs> it's called Archer, Archer Dreamland. Yes, and it is. basically it's set in the 40s? 1947. Yeah, so it's set in yeah. the late 40s, so it's after World War II, and it's kind of like a film noir type thing. Yeah. And man, it looks good. It's I'm super excited for this. Yeah. And I love, the thing that I love is that the trailer kind of hints at the characters not knowing each other. Yeah. So it gives us like really fresh... Um, angle on the on the show because i think you know gone we've gone seven seasons and it hasn't gotten boring yet but now we're getting this real new angle where archer's mom is a mobster which i think is a perfect character for her she's like this posh english lady but she's not english is she yeah well she yeah she's english Uh, no no she isn't she seems a little bit i don't think that actress is english no the accent on the character oh does she she's kind of doing this like weird old school um, you know, like the American accent that was almost like English posh, and like um, older, yeah. yeah. So she's doing that weird. So she, but I think she's the perfect character to play a mobster. And then, um, what's the other girl who's like a nympho? Lana. Oh, the weird yeah. chick. Yeah, I forget her name off the top of my. I head. totally forget the character's name, but she just she's still hilarious. But she doesn't know him, and she's kind of like almost becomes the Watson to his Sherlock. Yeah. I think that it looks really exciting. It looks cool because uh, the first couple of seasons played off the same storyline, and then since then we've gotten a couple of different ones, like um, what we got Vice, and now we got Dreamland. And I think that'd be interesting to do different periods. Now I think what if after a couple of seasons we find out that Krieger has them trapped, yeah, and he, and he has <laughs> he them like Matrix part. style. Like having them go through yeah. these different simulations. That'd be really funny. Yeah, because that, that would be, be so totally archer esque. Yeah, that'd be so archer to have like Kruger messing with them all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's coming out April fifth yeah. on FFXX. FFXX. Yeah, and I'm gonna take it for sure I'm if I didn't that. say that. Yep. But uh, the next one is a photo was released of the Mary Poppins sequel, and mm. it's showing Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. Yes. Chimney, so, chimney, chimney. I'm so excited for that. I'm a little bit on the fence with the picture. Uh, the picture did not do as much for me as I'd like it to have. However, I'm still going to take it because I love the original. I mean, no one's going to ever live up to uh, Julie Andrews. Will, but yeah. at the same time, I love the character. I love the story. I love the songs. I love this new cast with um, with Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Dick Van Dyke's back. Meryl Streep's in it. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm I I I'm gonna just agree with you because I I just loved how classic the picture looked, and she's standing on Cherry Lane, and she's got her, you know, blue overcoat, and she's got her carpet bag. I wish she had the umbrella, but and she's got this pretty pink little hat, and she I think Emily Blunt is the perfect combination of sassy and classic to play this role, and it's playing off of the original like there was seven stories, and it's playing off of her coming in and out of the children's lives at different times. And so now she's coming into the lives of the children like two decades later when they're older and they have children of their own and they're going through, apparently the the son is going through a loss. So I'm going to guess that his wife died. Um, But I'm really excited for this film. I think it's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. I think that she's going to really do, she's going to fill Julie Andrews' shoes, which is a really difficult task because she's perfect. But I, I, I think she'll do it. I'm excited. I'll take this. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for the 
announcements. Now the upcoming releases. There's two movies coming out this week. So the first one stars Emile Hirsch and J.K. Simmons, and that one is called All Nighter. Now it's a comedy about a workaholic father who teams with his daughter's awkward ex to search for her when she disappears. So is J.K. Simmons playing the the dad? Yeah. <laughs> He's such an angry guy. <laughs> um. So this is gonna be like the story of like if you went missing. And... Oh no, my father J.K. Simmons, <laughs> but Welsh. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a meh. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it just because everything I've seen J.K. Simmons in, I've loved him. Uh, he's always so like you say he's the angry old man. I say that he's funny in everything that I've seen him in because he, he's funny as the un- angry old man. Think about the roles he's played. He's always a grumpy, angry old man, but it's funny. I would classify him more as an angry music teacher than an angry old man in Whiplash. But he's still an angry old man. But he's more a music teacher Have than he is an old man. Have you seen the pictures of him that's, like that's Jack? Object- that's see, categorizing oh, him. All his friggin' veins. Like, he's, he's like that creepy old guy in the gym who's like doing oh, 30,000 yeah. pull-ups and you're like, oh, okay, but you have your And then you look at him like... and you hope that those aren't the only pull-ups he's wearing. No. <laughs> oh no, moving on. Okay, so the last yeah. upcoming release is the big one for this week. It's the mm-hmm. one that I'm going to be reviewing. I'm already saying it right now, and that's Kong Skull Island. Super excited so, for this. And this is pref- like setting up for Kong versus Godzilla, right? Versus Mothma. <gasps> no, no Mothma. I want yet. Mothma. <laughs> Giant <laughs> moth creature coming down from the sky. I have a skies. friend who's absolutely terrified of moths, and the outside <laughs> in my house, it, the light is just like a friggin' attractor for moths in the summertime, and he used to like not want to come in my front door because there were these Mothma-sized moths outside my house. And he'd be like, uh. I'm, I'm <laughs> on your driveway, but I'm not coming in because of the moths. <laughs> well, I think... As a, I am excited that they're setting up this universe, this monster universe. Uh, the Godzilla movie, a lot yeah. of people didn't like it. I actually really liked it. Um, I Godzilla? liked, yeah, I liked the I scale. Never, I that haven't they seen made. it yet. I thought it was really good. I um, who was in that? It was Brian Cranston, right? Yeah, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, and um, how could you oh, not not like Brian uh, Cranston Elizabeth Olsen. in something? Oh, the the Olsen twins' younger sister, right? Isn't she older? She's younger. Anyways, the, they're the two that play the twins sure in um, Age of Ultron. Oh, Quicksilver okay. and uh, Red Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So uh, they, uh, yeah, they're in that movie. They play a couple. And Brian Cranston's Aaron Taylor Johnson's dad. And mm-hmm. I just love the scale of it. The guy that did it was the guy that does uh, that did um, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So just the scale of like how he did the Death Star is the same way that he did the scale for Godzilla. It just looks oh, massive, cool. and yeah. I loved it. Um, but there's also other creatures in that one too, which is kind of cool. But now they're oh, also going to ruin set that it up. for me. You don't ruin it for me. Well, I'm not going to tell you everything. But um, so this looks really good. This though. looks good. The cast is really good. All star cast. I like that they're showing how they found Kong rather yeah. than he's already in New York City and messing shit up. Well, I, I mean, think it'd be really they, cool. They brought him, and there's, to but I don't know. I don't know about the other creatures on the island. Like there's Kong, and yeah. then there's some weird scuttly things. And we'll I really see. hope it's not tacky. I hope it's not. The best part about it is that most of the actors in this are very well known and critically acclaimed actors. Yeah. like the leads, like Brie Larson won an Academy Award. Tom Hiddleston's known to be. Who is J C. J C. Riley? John C. John C. Riley. 
Yeah, he. I'm excited for him because he. I think he's gonna steal the show. Well, comedy actors are hit or miss in these types of movies, right? And yeah. I feel like he can actually, t- like, actually do something with it. Like, it's kind of like um, what's his face? Uh, Vince Vaughn in Jurassic mm-hmm. uh, Park Two, and then also with the new movie coming out, uh, Alien Covenant with Danny McBride. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be in that yeah. movie. <laughs> and I don't know if he's going to be good in it or not because you can never tell with comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of actors try and make that jump over and some can't. But I'm excited to see if John C. Riley can because, I mean... He's usually him. pretty funny. Yeah. So but now he's, he's standalone, no Will Ferrell. What you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's good. I mean, it was just his voice, but he's really good in Wreck-It Ralph. I've actually never seen that either. Oh, so Sorry, friend. But, uh, yeah, I mean, aside I'll from that, that, you got Samuel L. Jackson yeah. and John Goodman. I'm going to take it, it's yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. I think it's going to be really good. So, to summarize, for Take It or Leave It, for the announcements, Shadow of War, we're both going to take it. Absolutely. <sighs> and then take it again. Yeah. And then <laughs> Pirates, we're both going to leave it. Yeah. Deadpool, we're going to take that, of course. And then Archer and Mary Poppins, both going to take those as well. Yeah. As for the upcoming releases, All Nighter we're both going to take, and Kong Skull Island, of course we're going to take that. I mean, come on, it's King Kong. So, with that, on to the next segment. So this is the point in our show where we usually take a break to play a game, Um, but instead of doing that this week, we're going to take a quick break to talk about the Oscars. Ah, yay! (laughs) And talk about how possibly wrong we were about who won. So, first off, we're going to go with our scores. Mm-hmm. These, of are, course. these are unfortunate. <laughs> so, um, I got 9 out of 14 correct that we talked about on the show. And Alex got 5 out of 11. I tried to trick him into 5 out of 10. Um, but it but didn't work. It didn't work. So, the I mean. The math isn't that bad. <laughs> we're p- pretty respectable for what we thought. I mean, we only saw, like, I didn't see 90% of the movies on yeah. the list anyways. I saw, like, 30%. I think so, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Uh, we did, we could technically try and give ourselves an extra point each because we both said that it would be either La La Land mm-hmm. or Fantastic Beasts for costumes. Yes. And so, on the actual so card. The yeah. So, can I have a 6 out of 11? Well, then I'd have a 10 out of 14. Ooh, that wouldn't be bad. Anyways, yeah. okay. Anyways, so that's what we got on it. Um, and now we're going to talk about what we thought about the Oscars. So the big the big thing to talk about is the best picture debacle. I'd like to take a moment to say that Dylan has notes in front of him, and it definitely says the best pie debacle. <laughs> no, it says pick. That says your, pick. That's not neat. Your C looks like an E. It looks okay, like just best it looks pie similar. debacle. And it looks like a lot of fun. I'd rather talk about the best pie debacle. <laughs> I'd rather talk about the best pick debacle, because Anyways. my God... Shit hit the fan. That was a shamble. So I was live blogging this on Tumblr mm-hmm. as it was going, and I was sitting there watching it with my sister, and she was just so excited whenever La La Land didn't win. Um, I guess it's she's just one of those people Was that, she really mad when she thought they won? Yeah, for like a split second, yeah. Because <laughs> I guess it's just the overhyped, whereas I, as an artist, feel like I relate to it very deeply, and so I really liked that movie. It was beyond just the um, the actors in the movie. It was the Maybe that's why thing. it shouldn't have won, because really, for a niche audience, you're sitting there and you're like, that's my life on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but people who aren't art- art- artists well, isn't that the same thing as don't the really artist? understand it. I guess. And the artist won Best Picture. So, But maybe it was more relatable than La La Land. Yeah, so, so. The, the whole debacle thing was that uh, the 
cast of Bonnie and Clyde, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty were given the card and they were supposed to uh, present it. And so Warren Beatty stares at the card for a little bit because he knows it's wrong because it says Emma Stone's name on it. What does he do? He hands it off to Faye Dunaway so she can announce it's La La Land. Then everyone comes <laughs> on stage. Get, but this is some shit that you would do to <laughs> yeah. me. Like, yeah. I know this is wrong. Here, Alex, you take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then everyone comes on stage. They're so excited that they yeah. won. The producer starts thanking his family. And then all of a sudden, the, a guy from backstage comes up to him and tells him, no, it's wrong. So then he has to go up to the mic and say, no, 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 we didn't win. Moonlight won. So then everyone from La La Land has to get off stage after thinking they won the award and then let Moonlight... Now, I think that's the worst part about it, too, is that they started, like, doing their thank you speech. It wasn't just a, oh, oh, sh- we got it wrong. Like, they had already gotten into the thank you speech and you mean, like, thank you, mom and dad and... And then you're like, oh, no, you got it wrong. And his poor mom and dad are probably sitting there, like, so devastated. <laughs> I think the best part of the entire debacle was the uh, facial expressions of not only the audience, <laughs> but Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Because, like, everyone's just shocked. And then you see Ryan Gosling, and he's laughing on stage. Like, you know he does not want to be there. And then all of a sudden, they're like, La La Land didn't like, win. I and knew just this like, would happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it was just super awkward for him. What if him and Emma Stone did it on purpose? What if they were the ones that switched, switched the cards and they were like, that was us. <laughs> no. Maybe. You never know. I thought it was Leo. We'll never know. Yeah. Le- he has a Leo, Leo, theory. Leo was the last one to hold the card. <laughs> he was the last because he got her, he gave her best actress because it's always mm-hmm. the guy who won last year. So he had the card last. And he's like, I was shafted by the Academy for 22 years. He won best actress last year. <laughs> no, best actor. Yeah. The best actor gives it to the best actress of the next year. And so you said it. Yeah. And so I think he felt like I was shafted. Screw the academy. Let me screw with them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you screwed me for twenty two years, I'm gonna screw you for one. Ha. <laughs> ha. So I mean, good on you, Leo, if you did that. Mm-hmm. So the next thing is we gotta talk about the host of it, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. I think that at the beginning, he was decent. He didn't do a monologue. Like he, he at the he beginning did a monologue. when he was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, like he didn't. <laughs> he did a little monologue that was very politically charged. But and he said he wasn't going to be political. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to say you're you're going to make a point of not being political, and then you're going to turn around and be political, like, like just don't on. say it yeah. in the first place. So just be political. He didn't even do a big opening thing. Like a lot of guys when they do stuff. Like didn't Neil Patrick Harris do a big thing when he? But he's Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, but like everyone does like a big comedy. thing. Like they. They do, like, a video thing where they have done a bunch Mm -hmm. of references to all the movies or whatever that are nominated. And this one, he's just like, I'm just going to get Justin Timberlake to sing the song that he's nominated for and just go from there. But really, Justin Timberlake, was that so bad? (laughs) No, it wasn't bad at all. But I think that it was just Jimmy Kimmel not doing anything. Now, was it to cut down on runtime? I don't know. They were still over half an hour. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really cut down the runtime. Was that the debacle? It was all the debacle. Yeah, but... um, I think Jimmy Kimmel, he brought too much from his late show. The, yeah. The mean Oscar tweets, like, that was just a gimme. But that's, but like, then, one of the best parts of his yeah, show. Yeah, but then So he, maybe he, he thought it would be funny much. and it wasn't funny. It wasn't. And I felt like he overplayed his competition with Matt Damon on the show. Yeah. Too. And I feel like if you're going to be presenting at the Oscars, no one's going to give a crap about your beef between him and Matt Damon. I went into that not knowing anything because I live under a rock and I read this article about what Matt Damon said and I was like, wow, he's such a mean jerk. Why would he be such a jerk? I hate you, Matt Damon. And then I kind of like got the whole backstory and I was like, 
oh, that makes <laughs> sense now. But yeah, I think Jimmy Kimmel was good as a one and done. I don't want to see him back for the Oscars. I wish it been Jimmy Fallon. I find Jimmy Fallon way funnier yeah. than Jimmy Kimmel. I, I think Jimmy like Fallon's Jimmy, a little Jimmy bit Kimmel more... Jimmy Kimmel kind of comes across as an asshole. I think Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon's, Fallon's more relatable. Yeah, he's a little dorky and yeah. he's funny. He's funny because he's dorky. I think it should be like a stand-up comic that does it, though. Especially next year with it being the second year that Trump will be in office. So you know, just, like... I, my pick, my pick for next year would be... Um, uh, why am I just blanking? Oh, my God. Who is he? You know what his name is. I've said this to you before. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking? What's his name? Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is my pick. I, I was like, oh, I see the ginger man in my head. <laughs> no, but I think he's you so You see funny. the ginger man. I see the gingerbread man. Because so. he's so cynical. And, like, the Oscars, everybody talks about how they're rigged and how, you know, people win this because, yeah. you know, whatever. And I think it would be really funny to see Louis C.K. being super cynical as... Uh, and he's I think, so funny. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to see him do he'd it. He'd be decent. I, I, I wouldn't mind Ricky Gervais doing it just because of all the controversy that there's been with him doing various shows. I think it'd be interesting to have him come and do the Oscars, especially yeah, he's in funny such too. a... Well, he's he's British funny. I think some of it doesn't translate so well because it's so like... Yeah, but the Academy Awards are a, like an international show. It's yeah. different if it's the Golden Globes, but like... But a big audience for it is in Canada and the US, so... Yeah, but there is still people that are watching it from across yeah, the world. but not... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is I think the best speech of the night was Viola Davis's speech. I think that, uh, Although I don't like what she said about, um, how actors yeah, are the ones Yeah, I didn't who, like that part either. Um, are the only profession that, um, what did she say? The she only profession that, that, um... Uh, celebrates a life. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's so untrue. It's, uh, all artists do that. Yeah. Writers, songwriters, musicians, actors, well, I think directors, it's, producers. It's hilarious that she brought that up. It. And, like... Uh, the people who write the script are the one who, ones who are telling the story. And yes, actors bring it to life, mm. but those writers are the ones who have to sit down and... Ca- I'm like, when I was in, in school, um, a lot of my teachers who were songwriters talked about how they used to sit in cafes and, and coffee shops for hours, like, listening to people's conversations to understand how people's brains function and to hear their stories so they could get a better look into people's lives. And Justin... Well, not Justin. Like, Britney Spears isn't doing that. She's just hearing the song and going, oh, I identify with that. How can I bring it to life? But she's not sitting in a cafe for hours on end. And mm-hmm. listening to somebody talk about their mom and how annoying they are. I think that the big thing with it is she specifically said it was actors. And, like, I would understand that if you're, like, at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. But she was at the Oscars where there's artists from various facts, uh, facets of yeah. uh, film and TV. You've got people from costume design. You've got people from animation. And even got, musicians like Justin yeah. Timberlake. Well, you got, yeah, like song and score. Like and, so, and so for her to be, like, the only profession that celebrates life is actors. I'm like... No, they're the it's ones that true. they're the ones that show it through like acting it out on screen. Just the way the... that singers and and um, musicians show the song through their through musical and yeah, yeah. And through their singing. But the, what about the writers? Yeah. What about the directors yeah. that bring it to get to life? The producers that bring it to life and say, no, you know what? That's not true to what yeah. would. I think that she got a little bit emotional with her speech, mm-hmm. and I think that she just accidentally said actor instead of artist. Yeah, and I think artist is the word yeah. that she but was But other than about. that, it was a beautiful speech. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that was a big thing from the Oscars that I'm really excited about is there was a guy named Kevin O'Connell who 
has been nominated what 20 or tw- like i think 21 times for sound mixing this Long- worse than leo <laughs> he had the longest losing streak most nominations without a win and he finally got a win and i'm super Yay. super excited for him in his speech he was ta- talking about how his mom helped him get into sound mixing and Aww. and he was thanking his mom and he like looked up to the sky and did that and it just was so sentimental and i and i felt for him so That's i'm so i'm very happy for him uh, and the last piece of news from the Oscars that we have to talk about is, and I find this freaking hilarious. So um, I'm <laughs> going to, yeah, Ali Cravajo from Moana. She was singing the song, How Far I'll Go, because it was nominated. And so <laughs> as she's singing it, there's people on stage doing this flag stuff and she gets hit in the face with a flag <laughs> and she keeps going. Like this that's is a, real skill. Yeah, she's like a fifteen. Because year old Mariah girl. Carey would not keep going. <laughs> yeah, but she's a fifteen-year-old girl that kept going on the oh, biggest wow. stage probably yeah. of her life so far, and she got I hit in the face by 15. a flag. Yeah, she's young. Wow. And so I was shocked that she, that actually happened. That's hard. And the fact that's that she difficult. continued, that's an, and that's a, I think that that was probably the second best performance mm-hmm. of like the music. You know what that movies? reminds me of? Mean Girls when she kicks the um, the, the uh, stereo off the stage and it hits that guy in the face <laughs> and then they keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was the second best uh, performance. I think the best one was Justin Timberlake, but he's yeah. a musician, but so he knows good, how to. So. Um, I think the worst one was, pro- I, I mean, I just said musician, but John Legend, uh, not because of his performance per se, but the fact that they had him sing the songs from La La Land when he didn't actually sing the songs. Mm-hmm. It, it, took it took me out of the music. But still, John Legend... Yeah, I know, but in listening to him oh, sing Mia's audition. Yeah, that's a bit weird. A little bit weird. But still, John Legend. Oh, man. Yeah, John Legend. John Legend. <laughs> so I think that's all we have to say about the Oscars. So hopefully you guys enjoy the Oscars as much as we did. And if you have anything that you want to discuss that happened during the Oscars, just comment below. And back to the planned programming. It's the weekly picks. Our choices for what's worth or not worth your time based on what we invested our time in this week. So, Alex, what is your first pick? My first pick is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, that 70s show. I forgot Ooh. how good this show was. So, it's now on Netflix. All the seasons. My brother used to love this show. My brother is, is in his 30s. <laughs> like... Just a knock to my brother. He's an old guy. So (laughs) (laughs) the fact that that 70s show was his, like, go-to show a while Mm -hmm. ago. Um, But it's on Netflix now, and I just started re-watching it, and it's so funny. Like, I forgot how good it was in the... The thing is, like, when acting is awkward, usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that. But it's, like, awkward in a funny way. Mm -hmm. Like, in an I can deal with that way. And I love Red. I love the character of Red because he reminds me of my dad, the amount of times he calls Eric a dumbass. I'm like, oh, the story of my life. (laughs) And Kitty is hilarious because I'm pretty sure I laugh like Kitty. Like, I've been watching the show, and half the time I'll laugh like, ha! And I kind of, like, cover it and realize that I'm Kitty in, in younger form. Eric is really funny, and Donna, their relationship is so funny. It's a little bit kind of sexist, but Donna's also a really strong character for... I mean, this was filmed in, like, the 90s, mm-hmm. right? So she's a really strong character for being filmed in the 90s. She definitely doesn't let Eric get away with anything. So I really like this show. It's a, It's got a lot of dynamics. It's really funny, especially if you're just kind of looking for something to watch. Yeah. It's a good show. No, I, I always liked that show. I didn't watch it in its entirety, it's but... You should watch it again. Yeah. Uh, my first pick is the movie that I reviewed this week, and that was Logan. 
Uh, I think that this movie does what no superhero movie has done before, and that is be both a superhero film and not at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think that anyone who isn't a fan of superhero movies can actually go into this movie and enjoy it thoroughly. It's yeah. very deep. It's raw. Well, maybe if you don't like bloody things. Yeah. As far as R-rated goes, there's a lot of, well, you can watch it without the It's score, not as but, bad as, like, John Wick. But there's definitely some scenes where if you don't like gore, you're going to want to put yeah. your hands over your eyes. But, but <laughs> more or less, this movie is very raw and emotional. Mm -hmm. It's both uplifting and devastating at the same time. It's yeah. very much about the relationships of the characters, which is something you rarely ever see in superhero movies. So I really liked it. So I recommend that if you mm -hmm. haven't, decided to go and see this movie if you were on the fence definitely go see it there's a lot of yeah. a lot more care and i think wolverine is one of those characters that he's the deeper darker character of the set but i think this movie just takes it one step farther and there's so much character development especially with all the different characters like especially with um well what's what's the girl's name she's like something x x23 x23 is her name yeah technical name but her real name in the thing the film is laura yeah but there's a lot of character development there, and mm -hmm. half the film she doesn't even talk. Yeah. So it's really good. I yeah. think that she was able really to stand her ground in acting among, uh, like amongst these other Especially greats. in a silent role for yeah. most of the film. I mean, that's that's she couldn't say anything, and she conveyed it all in her facial expressions and I'd say the, body language. Even w one of the only reasons to see this movie is just for the sake of hearing Patrick Stewart swear. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's one of the only reasons to see oh, this movie. I think that was such a great role for him. He played like almost the, you know, Alzheimer riddled grandfather, but kick ass. Yeah. So I, I recommend this movie to people. Yeah, uh, so movie. Alex, second pick. My second pick is a film that, or sorry, a TV show that I didn't think I was going to watch. I thought it was a bit corny, but Eugene Levy is great. So um, it's Schitt's Creek. And it's got all three Levies. Well, minus his wife so um sarah levy i think his name is daniel levy and eugene levy are all in it and i just love it if there's something so charming about it it's like it's really in your face it slaps you right in the face they're swearing and they're they're not perfect in any mm -hmm. way they're just like this Oh, they're supposed to be, you know, a highbrow family, but for a highbrow family, they're so white trash. <laughs> they're just swearing at everything, and they just think everything is just beneath them. And it's it's just funny. It's just mm -hmm. really funny. So I really like that show. I definitely recommend that one. Cool. Uh, my second pick is a movie that I actually uh, saw last night. I went with one of so my friends, was. and it was really good. And the movie is Arrival. Uh, so this movie stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. It was up for a couple of Academy Awards, including Best Picture. So I had heard that it was probably the best sci-fi of the year, and I have to agree. It was... He says in March, beginning yeah. of March. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to go see it just because uh, things got in the way, and I kind of looked at it and I was interested, but I just never really went to it. Uh, I had asked a few people if they wanted to see it, but uh, just timing never really... <laughs> 
timing never really like synced up. And yeah. so I went and saw it finally because one of my friends was like, hey, let's go see it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And it had behind the scenes footage. She got a deeper look into like how they created the movie. Uh, the it's guy... cool that they did that. I don't think yeah. I've ever really seen that. Yeah, me neither. In, in a movie that's um, just come out. It's but, always in the DVDs afterwards. Yeah, so it's cool to have that. Uh, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, so he did Prisoners, which was it's one of my favorite uh, thrillers yeah, in the last decade. Yeah, that's a really good movie. And uh, he's doing the new Blade Runner movie again. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackman. That's a great movie. But um, Arrival, it does something that not a lot of people like with sci-fi um or at least the general audience that i find and it's doing an intelligent sci-fi a lot of people when they go for sci-fi they expect like fantastical worlds like star wars and star trek or they expect something like a little bit on the horror side like the thing or alien and so here you're getting an intelligent reality based sci-fi so it's like the martian it's like um gravity contact where uh the focus in this movie is on the on communication and language and how it not only helps us communicate with each other, but with other species and the focus on that and the focus on the relationships of the characters really drives this story. And I loved every bit of it. The care, like the actors are great in it. I'm not a huge fan of Amy Adams, but she's good in this movie. Um, I would say that I'm not going to review this movie, but I'd probably give it an eight and a half out of 10. Uh, so it's just a little bit lower than Logan, but it's definitely a really good movie. Um, it's yeah, I, I was blown away with it. I, there was a funny bit. And so this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not too much. There's two things I'm going to say. So the first one is <laughs> during the movie, they're communicating with the, um, with the aliens basically, right? Cause they've made contact. And so, uh, they're communicating and the aliens speak in circles, so they, they make circles out of ink, and the ink has little blotches around it. And so I turn to my friend, and I go, doesn't that look like if you had, like, a coffee stain? And so the entire movie, as they were just talking, she's like, damn it, all I see is coffee stains. <laughs> so that was the first thing. And then the second thing was there was a line at the end that bugged me a lot. And it we was, were talking about this. Yeah. Like, so, scripts that are totally unrealistic. Yeah. Like, things that people so, would not ever say <laughs> in real life. Yeah. Could you imagine turning to your boyfriend in real life and saying... Yeah. So, in this movie, it's, it's the boyfriend that does oh this, though. Oh, God. So they're, to they're your just, girlfriend, yeah. I'm saying. So, at the end of the movie, I don't want to ruin this, right? So, it's just... There's a whole bunch of scenes there. And in one of the scenes, there's a couple. And the couple, the guy turns to the girl and they embrace. And he goes, do you want to make a baby? This sounds I'm like, like a horrible what the porno. Fuck. Like, That's what it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like a really bad porno. And like, the worst part is, you, you think that a baby? like that is the worst line Ooh, in this movie. I just and then, myself out. And then at that point, you think that that scene should be done, right? And then they keep montaging with other scenes. But then they cut back to this one, and then it goes to her, and she goes, "Yes." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, just what please cut out that entire in her right scene. Right mind would say yes to that. Yeah, and I don't know any of them. I don't want to spoil it too much, but that scene in particular plays to a huge, um, devastating thing about the entire story of the movie. Um, so, well, like, what? yeah, okay, don't so tell me more. yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to say anymore. But movie. basically, that because of that, you kind of watch it, and they could have done that in such a better, like a much better way, but instead. The, the two lines just kill it. And I'm like, at least this is the end. I don't have to sit here the entire time thinking of how grotesque those lines of dialogue were. Oh. But other than that, eight and a half. I think it was a good movie. Uh, it's probably not going to be in theaters for much longer, but I'm pretty sure it's out on Rogers On Demand now and like all the other things. we use. I use Rogers, so. But it's maybe on Netflix, other things like that, iTunes, Hulu, whatever you use. So, I mean, watch it. It's good. It's like the... 
it's like Martian, like uh, uh, Contact. So I'd recommend it if you like in, intelligent sci-fi. Yeah. So with that, we're done with the weekly pick. So Alex, take us to the final segment. So <laughs> this is the uh, my personal favorite part of our podcast. Um, it's the audience participation part of our Woo! podcast where we ask you to join us in watching something good, bad, or ugly. This is Netflix Roulette. Yes. So today's, <laughs> or well, this week's um, pick, <laughs> I would say is more on the ugly side. Because I think fish are ugly. (laughs) So we ended up watching Hardliners because, unfortunately, we couldn't find the original film that we chose. Um, So uh, the rules of Netflix Roulette are that we pick the first related whatever it is, whether it's a TV show or or a movie. I tried to convince Alex because the movie that we were supposed to watch was The River Y, which was a romantic comedy. And so when I searched it up, the first thing that comes up is Hardliners, which is the complete opposite of a romantic (laughs) comedy. It's like basically a docu-reality show. And so... Uh, I was like, can we at least go to like the first fictitious thing? No, and she's like, nope, we we're doing the first thing. This is so the rule. This is the, the plan. rule was we have to watch the first related thing, yeah. no matter what it is, how ridiculous it is. So the mo- the first related thing was Hardliners. Uh, yeah, and, and Hardliners <laughs> is a docu reality show about Australian longline fishermen who are fishing tuna fishermen. Tuna. Specifically, they yellow, want yellow, yellow, yellow fin, yeah. yellow fin, yellow yeah. tail, whatever it is. We fin. watched four episodes and we don't even know what they were catching. I just oh remember God. shark, shark. Yeah, they were catching some shark. But honestly, my fears of falling into the sea and never ever being found again are so much more heightened after watching that show. Oh my god! We watched four you episodes. You can fall out the sea door and, and never be found again. We watched four episodes, and there's a couple of things I gotta say about this. First of all, there's Poor three chug. fishermen on the show, chug, so. Chug. The first thing is, one of the guys is always putting his crew at risk by going out at sea during vicious storms. storms. One other guy always has bad luck. And the third guy is the rookie that seems to have the best luck. So that's that's what we got from the first four episodes. Now, secondly, the guy that has the worst luck in the world looked like a grimier version of Matthew Lewis, the guy who plays Neville Longbottom. Yeah, he does. Um, That's what (laughs) I saw. And I was like, he's just the Australian grimier version of him. So that was a little bit interesting. It was really dark how he's uh, like the second and uh no the third and fourth episode he was just talking about how his wife was gonna leave him <laughs> if he didn't catch any tuna i was like yeah and then he shows a picture of his wife and she was not cute <laughs> she looked so like a male version is... she would look like a female version of him so what you're saying is in the third and fourth episode his storyline got a little bit fishy it did it got fishy <laughs> <laughs> but other than that i mean uh, I think the other funny thing that we saw is, like, they were talking about how when they bring sharks on deck, they could at any point, like, not be dead, and so they yeah. could, like, jump around, and all of a sudden they show this guy just laying down beside it, taking a picture. I'm like, yeah, this guy's dead. Like, they were literally saying that the sharks play dead, and then will literally maul your leg, and then this guy just lies down next to the shark that is probably not dead yeah. to take a selfie. <laughs> I think it was cool to see them uh, get the swordfish, though. Like, how yeah, big the swordfish were. There yeah. was this one swordfish that was so big that everybody on deck... And these guys are, like, they're not skinny. They're yeah. burly men. For most of these, like, 70-kilo fish, they're just pulling it up by themselves. Yeah. The entire crew had to come to get this one swordfish. It was so big. Yeah. And this the... What do you call it? The sword. Yeah. On the end of it was massive. I've never seen. I, honestly, I'd be so scared of that because that thing is freaking swinging around in the yeah. wind. It was a storm, middle of the storm, and this friggin' 
sharp daggered object is like flinging flailing around on deck and you could at any moment be like half decapitated by it that's what she said it was spooky <laughs> i don't like that so hardliners i would in the end say if you're a fan of docu reality shows like you watch tlc and stuff like that if i would you say love timber what is it timber kings or, or american pickers or american pickers or or uh, deadliest catch deadliest catch yeah. river monsters yeah, if you like, like those shows you will like this show but if you don't if those yeah. are like some crap tv that you don't like to watch yeah then, like i'll if there's absolutely it. nothing on in the middle of there's no a substance weekday, to it like it on the weekdays there's nonsense, like nothing on tv really. so if you didn't have I mean, unfortunately, the show is on Netflix, so because it's on Netflix, it kind of downplays when you can watch it because you have all the other options on yeah. Netflix. Whereas if it was a show that was on TV at like one o'clock in the afternoon, you know that there's nothing else on on like a Wednesday at one. So you're like, okay, I'll watch it because it's on TV. I'll watch but, this and then River Monsters. Yeah. I actually like River Monsters. River well, Monsters yeah, is a, a good different. show. But have there's no the one, substance um, to the show. You don't, you're not learning anything new about this fish. You're just like, oh, they caught another tuna. Oh. There's have you seen the one? Um, I think it's called like penguins when they're getting pulled in. Yeah, right. They have like these scrawny little arms, and they're kind of like. What's it called? Um, I think it's called Wild Things with Dominic Monaghan. Oh, that one's actually that really one was good, really though. good. Yeah, really, that's why I like River. But that's Monsters, that's another too. thing though. I think those are on Animal you... Planet, aren't they? Or like Discovery? I don't. I think they're on Discovery. Yeah. But the reason I like those shows is because you're actually learning things. Like yeah. you're learning. Th- I remember there was one about ants, and there was these deadly, deadly ants, and they kind of. Instead of building a home, these ants band together in a nest. So the ants make the nest, and then the other ants live in the oh, nest. Oh, yeah. And if you disturb this nest, you're dead. Mm. You are just dead. And there was another one where they were, there was like, like these really deadly bees, and then there was these honey farmers. So he was like learning how to climb up these trees like the honey farmers to gather some honey and he refused to do it because he's so terrified of heights but it's really interesting whereas this hardliners one it was just kind of there was no there, you're not learning anything about the fish you're not there's yeah there's it was very no slow paced information in, it's in just terms of stuff they're just kind of guys like, on a boat please don't fall out the yeah. sea door sort of thing i feel like if you want to enjoy this show you might want to try and find like the season highlights mm-hmm. and watch them on youtube yeah, but I wouldn't recommend yeah. this show to anyone. Even if you liked those reality yeah. shows, I wouldn't even recommend it. And with it. that, let's move on to this week's Netflix roulette. Ooh, okay. Alex, <laughs> will you open up? Drum roll, please. I'm about to spin. If the thing... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> she wants me. So that's Whoa! 12. That's what I say all the time. Netflix rating of 2.9. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, this, who's in it? This only in Hollywood comedy traces the dilemma faced by an aspiring filmmaker, Sam Baum, when a red-hot actress pursues the lead role in his next film. Sam's big break is also a big problem since he's already promised a role to his girlfriend. Oh. Director blank. <laughs> Cast Josh Gad, Christian Rulin, oh God, Hilary Duff, Charlie Sheen, Oh, Aaron, you... Josh Gad, he's not that bad. Yeah, but Hilary Duff and Charlie Sheen? Don't say that to my sister, she'll kill you. What's Why? it called? Does she like Charlie Sheen? No, Hilary Duff. It's called She Wants Me. The picture isn't coming up, but... Okay, so Great. it's going to be along 2. the bottom. And, this is uh, going to be terrible. I can't wait. I'm so, actually really excited because the yeah. terrible ones are way more funny. Well, we can 
describe more about it. So yeah. if you want to see what we talk about for this movie, we're going to talk about it on Twitter and Tumblr. Alex mm-hmm. is in charge of the Twitter. I'm in charge of the charge of the tumblr so it's film fanatic show and so what and we're you should do... come on the comments and tell us who's funnier it's gonna be me i'm way funnier so <laughs> we're gonna tell you sometime early in the week hopefully monday maybe tuesday when we're gonna watch this usually it's a tuesday or wednesday but we'll let you know uh hopefully with enough time so you can sit down and enjoy this with us and of course if this movie is not on netflix canada we'll watch the first similar one although I am really hoping even if this it's one hardliners. Is. Yeah, <laughs> we look at this one and it comes up and it says Fil- films related, titles related, hardliners. Hardliners. It yes. just always comes up. It's just a glitch in the matrix. I'll watch the whole next season. No, I won't. But it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so that's the movie. So follow us on those various social media and use the hashtag #FanAtticRoulette and join us in watching this movie, good, bad, or ugly. So with that, I think we've talked about everything, Alex. Are we done? Talk yeah, about I think everything in the world. Ever? Yeah. To be talking. Well, hold about. on. The, the the answer to everything is forty two. <laughs> if you get that reference, we like you instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Uh, so with that, I think I'm gonna plug a thing or two. Oh, are you gonna uh, plug a thing or two? Yeah. What you some... gonna plug? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> that's micro cheating. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the first thing okay. is the Logan review that came out. So uh, if you haven't seen Logan yet, I recommend you see it. And then go to the review, talk on the comments. Let's start a discussion about this because there's a lot to discuss about this movie. I have a lot of opinions in that review. So go and hopefully you agree. Maybe you disagree, but let's talk. Uh, aside from that, I also am coming out with another list video this week that has to do with an actor spotlight and so it might be one of the actors from logan but i'm not going to tell you who yet might be one of them but and you already know which movie i'm doing this week it's gonna be kong skull island let's be quite honest but wish i could afford to see that oh i'll tell you all about (laughs) it in the next podcast Next podcast, Don't you're you gonna. Dare. Oh, I'm gonna talk about He's it. He's threatening to ruin movies for me because I'm poor and I. The can't next one's Beauty and the Beast. Movies. Beauty and dare. the Beast. I will just never be your friend again. I'll bring you. It's a real threat. I'll buy your ticket. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. He's <laughs> buying my ticket. As long yes. as it's 2D. Is that micro cheating? That's micro cheating. If it's <laughs> AVX, hell no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's fine, 2D. I don't even like 3D anyway. Yeah, I know. I hate the glasses. There's no point like, in it. I can feel... It just hurts my nose. Like, the glasses are okay over top of mine, surprisingly, but I know so many people... Just picturing you putting them on top of you. I've no, never they're actually, fine. I've never actually looked at you when we're in a movie, but they're putting fine. over top of your actual glasses. But when I watch... Like, some other people can't deal with it because their glasses are too big. Yeah. Mine are just the right size, Pretty but... sure my boyfriend just got LASIK, so he didn't have to wear them yeah. over that's the, top it, of his That's the entire glasses. reason. He's like, he complained about it for work, but it isn't because of work. It's because he didn't want to wear glasses over top of glasses yeah it's the 3d it's now, also he could go see and then you know what movies. happens he's gonna be once glasses will be able to have 3d technology built into them He'll you just click a button again. in the side of them and then yeah exactly <laughs> he'll get reverse lasik just so he can have glasses or he'll again. just get old enough that the lasik will wear off oh god well that happens yeah I hope I never have this. Like, we shouldn't have, should have name dropped the witch. <laughs> we should have just said eye surgery. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, when you get LASIK, it smells like bacon when they're like cutting oh, into your own. So, what, That's so don't the go in hungry. That's the thing I've ever heard. Don't go in hungry. Like, oh, God. Ugh. Okay, anyways, <laughs> to wrap up, if you have any questions, comments, or any um, topics that you want us to talk about on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. If you email us at... Uh, 
thefanatticpodcast at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media platforms. Yeah, so the social media is Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. All of them are the same. It's Film Fanatic Show. Whether or not you're on them or not, you put a hash, well, an at at the front or not or a, a slash. But, uh, yeah, we'd love specifically if you had any topics because we mm-hmm. keep coming up with topics from websites where there are articles that talk about a, a list of things that are random and we want to talk about them and just randomly discuss this stuff and we have a lot of friends that have a lot of opinions that we can bring on <laughs> and talk about these things too. We do. So even if you have one that specifically could cater to somebody that we bring on the show or have already brought on the show and you want... Evan loves micro-cheating. <laughs> Evan loves discussing things, especially random things. So if you have something that you want us to talk about with him or anyone else or hey if you live around where we are Dylan's you never know inviting you on the show <laughs> we need guests we do. so it's always fun to have an extra voice oh new opinions if you have enough microphones yeah <laughs> which we've learned the yeah hard way. but you know it's it's a learning curve mm-hmm. as so, as is life I think we're getting off topic. We ha- we already finished everything we needed to talk I about. I thought we were talking about anything else. And now we're going else. The answer's 42. Let's go. Anyways. <laughs> there we go. So, I'm Dylan Phillips. And I'm Alex Hicks. And thank you for listening to the Fanatic Podcast. So, until next time, Fanatics, keep it real. <laughs>